From COK Studios in Renee Montaigne's mausoleum, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider the battle for influence and power going on inside the Trump White House. We'll also consider some springtime reading material with our book expert, Lynn Ruffle. And we'll consider that I am a man of constant sorrow. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Wetflix, the streaming pornography service from Netflix. Subscribe today to see original programming like Jack Off Horseman, Bonable Kimmy Schmidt, and Stranger Flings. And the Rainbow Sunflower Dog Training and Wellness Center, offering spring semester classes in canine feminist studies, a cultural history of fetch, marking your territory, and staying and spaying. Visit our website to enroll your furry friend today. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. Last week was a tumultuous one for the Trump administration, as the president ordered an airstrike on Syria and welcomed Chinese President Xi Jinping for what can only be described as a very tense summit at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. The strike in Syria and the summit with China underscored some of the conflicting viewpoints within the Trump administration. The attack on Syria does not necessarily square with Trump's America First policy and creates more tension among the members of the president's senior team who are jockeying for influence. Seemingly losing the battle for power are white nationalism advisor Steve Bannon and chief of staff Rens Priebus, who have been admonished by Trump over a series of dust-ups with Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and senior advisor. I investigated what many are calling a civil war within the Trump administration. By the spring of 2017, President Donald Trump has gotten fed up with the growing tension among his inner circle. Competing ideologies are threatening to break up his fragile union. The civil war in Syria is nothing compared to the battle being waged within the White House. In the president's good graces are his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and economic advisor, Gary Cohn, while Stephen K. Bannon, the tempestuous chief strategist, and Rents Priebus, the mild-mannered chief of staff, seem to be on the outs. Writing home to his mother from his outpost at Mar-a-Lago, Kushner described the growing unrest. Dearest mother, things are getting worse here all the time. It seems as if there will be no easy reconciliation before the summer. I fear that self-inflicted wounds by our friend Mr. Bannon will doom us to ultimate failure in the long run. I worry that the president will not have the strength to do what needs to be done, but I still have hope. The day may come when I must take up arms against the other faction, but I only do so out of duty and without joy. I hope this letter finds you well. Tell Father I am sorry about the Chinese pulling out of the building deal. I look forward to seeing you in Aspen in a fortnight. All my love to you. Your son, Jared. P.S. Iraq was fun. Super dry and sandy, though. The president has considered a range of options, including a shift in role for Mr. Bannon, who has become increasingly isolated in the White House as other power centers have grown. Isolating Bannon could prove to be a wise strategy, but it could also be dangerous, for Bannon is a man who has a reputation for fighting dirty when his back is against the wall. The former Breitbart chair has not been taking the exile of he and his followers well. We call ourselves the Fight Club. 
you don't come to us for warm and fuzzy. We think of ourselves as virulently anti-establishment, particularly anti the permanent political class. We say Paul Ryan was grown in a petri dish at the Heritage Foundation. We hire people who are freaks. They don't have social lives. They're junkies about news and information. Stephen K. Bannon This civil war is being fought in many places, from the breezeways of Mar-a-Lago to the boardrooms of Trump Tower, from the empty offices of the West Wing to the even emptier offices of the State Department. Loyalties will be tested, and men's careers may die because of it. Resumes scattered like tombstones across the landscapes of the halls of government. Father, I beg you, stop this madness. Rents and Stephen are creating chaos from which there may be no return. Please intervene. The war is too costly. It's harming the Trump brand. We cannot allow these men who are not our kin to destroy what we have inherited from our forefathers. Nobody is buying my shoes and handbags now. Let Jared do more. He went to Harvard and NYU. He can fix the problems in the Middle East and Mexico and with the government. I believe in him, and I know you do too. Give him things to do and let him lead your team to victory after victory. Your loving daughter, Ivanka. Letters and tweets like this have become commonplace as President Trump's family have entered the battle to save the administration from itself. In the White House blame game, no one is safe. Mr. Bannon's team is blamed for the contested and controversial travel bans. Mr. Priebus was damaged by the failure of health care legislation. Even Mr. Kushner has yet to show he can master his own portfolio, and his role is so large that miscues will be magnified. What will be the outcome? We are scattered, stunned. The remnant of heart left alive in us is filled with brotherly hate. Whose fault? Everybody blamed by somebody else. Only the fired employees left stiff and stark on the battlefield escape. Hashtag sad. Ivanka Trump. Can the Trump administration emancipate itself and forge a new beginning free of conflict? Will the fractured sides form anew? Or will someone, a friend, former supporter, or brother hear the immortal words? You're fired. For COK News, I'm Cordell Notbrock. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Lynn Ruffle is back with us today to give us her springtime book recommendations in the latest edition of our Book Look series. Lynn, it's good to see you. Glad to be back, Connor. So, Lynn, I understand you're starting a new program for young writers. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. It's nothing, really. No, no, no. Please tell us about it. Oh, I hate to take time up pushing my personal project. Lynn, it's fine. Over at my website, Ruffle Bookworks, I have all the details for my summer writing camp. I'm calling it The Right Stuff. But it's a pun because I spell right with a W. Oh, I get it. That's clever. I know. It's a two-week intensive day camp for girls ages 13 to 17 who enjoy reading, writing, and sitting quietly in the basement of a library. 
We'll be working on writing technique, as well as card catalog basics, and I'll teach the girls how to turn their secret erotic fantasies into short stories or novels. Okay. I only wish there had been a camp for shy, sexually frustrated, cardigan sweater-wearing vampire aficionados when I was a girl. Well, it's nice that you're paying it forward. What books are you recommending for people this spring? There are quite a few on my list right now, but I've picked three for you today. The first one is Leonardo Padura's newest novel, Heretics. It follows broken-down Cuban gumshoe Mario Conde on the trail of a missing Rembrandt. It's a fun book with lots of interesting historical references and a great quirky protagonist. The original novel is in Spanish, so if you really want to get into it, read the original instead of the translation. That's what I did. Lynn, I didn't know you were fluent in Spanish. Oh, I don't know Spanish well at all. The only word I know is biblioteca, which means library. And they didn't visit any libraries in this book. It was an interesting exercise, to say the least. I'd probably read it in English if I had to do it over again. I'd give the book a solid B+, or B+, as they say in Spanish. Great. My next pick is for anyone who wants to read a really depressing, albeit short book. Daniel McGarriel's debut novel, One of the Boys, is about the fierce power of a father-son relationship, which, in this case, is a very abusive one. I have to hand it to Mr. McGarriel. He was a very efficient writer. It only took him 168 pages to make me feel a new type of sorrow. That sounds terrible. It was! But that's okay, Connor. I always say if you're going to make a book really, really sad and depressing, make it short. I finished the book in an afternoon, and even though it completely destroyed me emotionally, I was still able to get some laundry and gardening done. Well, that's good, I guess. Sure, I cried the entire time I was doing my chores. But the important thing is that I had time to do them. An A-plus for brevity and a D-minus for how it made me feel inside. Fair enough. Finally, I want to recommend some books by a famous children's author named Dr. Seuss. Have you heard of him, Connor? I have. He's apparently written quite a few wonderful books. I first heard about him last week, and now I'm hooked. He's very good, yes. Well, there's a few books that he wrote that were never published, but Random House Kids just released them last year. Among the titles are a Zionist propaganda parable called Horton Hears a Jew, a story about an amputee named Barney called Jump on Stump, and a story about Stranger Danger titled Marvin K. Mooney, Don't Get in That Van! Seuss's final story, which was deemed too dark for children at the time, oh, the places you'll go once you've shuffled off this mortal coil and begun your slow decay into nothingness, was also released. Wow, that's great, Lynn. Thanks for coming by and sharing your book picks with us. You're welcome! That was Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and get breaking news from our team on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. You can download the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. A very special thank you this week to the Consider Our Knowledge team who worked overtime on this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley.
Wow, that's great, Lynn. Thanks for coming by and sharing your book. Po- <laughs> 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 sharing your book. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, Would you write, like to read my newest novel? <laughs> 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 <laughs>